2: Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man.
3: Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at GarbageManInc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919.
9: This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7
7: WKOM Columbia. Incredible uh, Monday to be alive with you and yours as uh, we are uh, picking up the pieces after what was a. I don't even know how I don't even know how to feel about Saturday. I don't. I mean, I'm still not feeling all that great, but. Even beside besides that, I, I just don't. I just don't know how I feel about Saturday. I mean, I guess you could overreact to it and do the whole "boy, I'm worried about this coach and he's never going to get it done" and this, that, and the other, and team gets blown out on the road a bunch, and I, I don't know. I guess one thing we're not going to do is worship this dude all off season and call him the modern day Steve Spurrier, because that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen to Steve Spurrier. So you can go ahead and we can go ahead and take that label, at least for now, and shelve it. I think this. I think this guy needs a quarterback if he's going to win. And I'm not here to say I told you so. But Joe Milton. Never, ever, ever, you're never winning a game like that on the road against a team of that caliber with him a quarterback. You're just not. So am I blaming it on Joe Milton? I am absolutely not blaming it, not in the least. But that performance, the problem with a guy like him is when you come out flat, he's not the guy that's going to go over there and be a quarterback and get in everybody's face. He's too busy laughing, smiling, having fun. Which, hey, I'm kind of a hippie myself. So, Let's bring Bino Jeff in here. I, I, we bathed in the thing for four and a half hours. Here down, Garza Law, fifth quarter fan reaction. If you want to get in, 865-200-5402, The number. We make of that thing, Bino, Saturday because that was. Um, that was kind of disturbing to see the balls just get blown out like that. Well,
10: there's just nothing good to say about what we witnessed Saturday, Tony. I mean, it was just an unacceptable, uninspired, ill-prepared, pathetic performance. Our, our defense couldn't get off the field. Or our offense continually malfunctioned, mostly due self-inflicted wounds, whether it was penalties or turnovers or whatever it may be. Staff had absolutely no answers to slow down Cody Schrader, who he had one of the great games I've ever seen an opponent have against Tennessee. He was fantastic. Uh, Other than Jackson Ross, I I just can't think of anyone else to compliment. It was just an embarrassment for everyone involved. Just a lost, pathetic Saturday.
7: And what's weird is, as a fan, you try to, um... football's a game of narrative, you know. Like up at Penn State, the narrative is this guy just can't beat the teams that matter in our league. That's certainly not a narrative about Heupel. Heupel's shown that he can go to the highest of highs. The weirdest thing about this dude so far, almost three seasons, three full seasons in, is that his lows are in a register that I just didn't. I just don't think his teams are capable of playing. Down there. It's really strange, Bino, isn't it? This guy's tenure yeah, is really strange. It, it is,
10: it is, Tony. I, and I, I'm sure I'm not saying anything here that Josh Hoffman and his staff don't know. Uh, but it is alarming that uh, in the course of one year, uh, we've, we've gone on the road for three winnable football games. And not only have we not won, we haven't even shown up. Uh, we haven't been close to winning any of those games. And, you know, I'm sure that the staff knows if they're ever going to win anything of significance here, they've got to figure that out and fix it. Uh, South Carolina last year, Florida this year, Missouri this year, all of those are just unacceptable, uh, unexplainable performances. Uh, whatever it is in the water causing that, they got to get it out of there.
7: Yeah, three winnable football games is such a um, such a great way of looking at it. And who knows what's causing it? Uh, is it is it coincidence you think, Bean, or you think it's a um, or or do you think it's real? Oh, uh, I, I
10: I don't know, Tony. I, I mean, again, it's alarming that you've had three of those uh, in in a one year period and. Missouri is, I think Missouri's better than us this year, but Florida definitely is not, and neither was South Carolina last year. Uh, but even if Missouri's better than us, they're not that extent better than us. Uh, it's uh, yeah, there's there's something there um, that they've got that they've got to figure out. That I think somehow is baked in. So what we do. It's obviously not an easy fix or they would do it. But uh, that's something that they're going to have to eliminate is going on the road against teams that you could beat and
7: just not showing up. Is Heupel too laid back, Vino, I wonder? <coughs> that whole thing looked asleep the other day. It, it looked like, because you've seen this with Saban where he'll take a timeout and just scream at his team. I mean, whether that helps or not, I don't know. But at least it gives the uh, the hint, maybe, that, hey, we're trying something over here. We looked like we never got off the bus here today. That game began with a bust. Yeah. And, and it ended with us uh, uh, doing whatever we did at the end of the game, which people pointed out on... Garzillo, fifth quarter fan reaction, and then one other observation about the other day because it's Nico season now. And why didn't they put him in after Milton threw that horrendous? Milton was unraveling, which is okay. The whole team was unravelled at that point. I'm not again. I'm not pointing it at him. I'm not. Why didn't they put this whole Nico thing and the way they've mishandled it is so strange. Shouldn't he have played me yep. now in the last five minutes? He should have played, right? Yeah, I, I
10: agree, Tony. I, the only thing that I've seen that explains it doesn't make it make any sense to me is I read a couple of things by Adam Sparks over the weekend where he suggested that the staff is wants to preserve uh, Nico's red shirt which means they can only play him in one more football game the rest of the season and preserve it. Now, that might explain it, but it doesn't make any sense to me because if Nico is anywhere near the player that we think and hope he can be, he's only going to be here two more years. He, he Dave sure ain't going to be here four more. So it really doesn't make any sense to me that they would do that. But that that's the only thing that I've read that, it explains it a little bit of why they may not be used. If it were me, he would play he would play in every game the rest of the way. And a good portion of every game the rest of the
7: way. No doubt about it. And it's not a punishment to Joe Milton, but this is how this is done. See, this is the season where at this level of football coaches get fired. And younger players play. That's the season we're in being now. And it's no offense yeah. to anybody. It's no offense to Jimbo Fisher, who that's nice work if you can get it. May we all be that blessed one day. Uh, no offense to Zach Arnett, who got his year opportunity after some unfortunate circumstances. No offense to Sam Pittman at Arkansas, which getting ready to happen down there. And no offense to Joe Milton. Nor those young, uh, nor those veterans in that secondary. You gotta say, Bino, the jaws of life can't get those veterans in that secondary out of that, uh, off that field, man.
10: Uh, I'll I'll spend the rest of this year wondering why Ricky Gibson and Jordan Thomas, some of those guys, uh, didn't get more opportunity to play. You know, I I. I understand that coaches know more who should be on the field and who shouldn't than I do. They see them every day. I never see them. Uh, but I, I, I don't understand that one. Don't understand that one.
7: That's the equivalent in Major League Baseball, when you watch our secondary, of having, of having guys on your roster that are hitting like 188, and you just throw them up there every day and let them, let them keep, keep hacking away. When,
10: These veterans have never had a, any seasons like
7: Stanton had in order to build up the point. a resume. They, they have zero equity. And, and the funny thing is, people were telling me earlier in the year they're better. And I'm like, better than what? You know what happened Saturday? We finally played a team that could throw the ball a little bit. And against Alabama in the second half, they came out and chucked it on us. I'll tell you this. Sean Sinclair had a great line the other day. If that defensive coordinator of ours, an orange throat for some reason made today about me and him, I don't understand. If that makes you feel better to rip me today, Every anybody wants to rip me, to take a little pain away from what happened Saturday, you go for it. I'll, I'll be your scapegoat. Whatever. But... Saturday to me represents, and Cinco said it, best on both sides of the line of scrimmage in a weird way for Josh Heupel's team. You can't say this very much. They didn't help their kids at all. They didn't help their kids a little bit. In fact, they kind of got in the way on Saturday on both signs the line of scrimmage and this defensive this passive defense we've all of a sudden been playing bino tell you what play that way against georgia and i will bet my house on georgia giving away 10 points saturday in neiland stadium can i get an amen from you bino if we come out and play that way on defense that game will be over at halftime uh
10: yes I, i would agree tony Maybe over at halftime anyway, but uh, you know it, this this one Saturday. Uh, you know I, I'm I'm no fan of our secondary, but uh, they had plenty of help on Saturday. Our linebacking was awful. Uh, it, you know a guy just doesn't run for two hundred yards and catch a hundred yards of passes coming out of the backfield. Uh, if you if you're getting any play from up front.
7: Go to the phones now. Brian Hartman's got me in a pretty good mood because his Jacksonville Jaguars backed up his Tennessee Volunteers. Brian, how many points combined did you score on the weekend? NFL and college combined,
11: uh, 36 and 34. They got outscored 70 to 10. Oof. That, um, if I forgot what a weekend like that felt like, I used to have that on the regular. But if if I needed a
7: reminder, I sure as hell got it. On the regular. It's a pretty good line. So here's what we're going to do. I want to hear from you at 865-200-5402. Before we do anything else, and I meant to do this Saturday, but playing with like half my brain tied behind my back right now. I want to wish condolences, family and friends of Mike Hamilton. And, um, I'll just say we, re- we dedicate the rest of today's program to him. Um, Mike Hamilton's just people I was reminiscing with about him in the weekend, um, uh, We got word of his passing on Friday. We talked about this, by the way, Friday night during our Garza Law Tennessee basketball overtime, which we'll be on with you following uh, tomorrow's game in Thompson Bowling. And, of course, next week we have a busy week with that as the Vols are down in the, uh, the Vols are uh, in action next week in a huge event. It was ironic on Friday that we were doing a basketball overtime and we got to talk about Mike Hamilton because I'm a big believer that Tennessee basketball would not be where it is were it not for the fact that Mike Hamilton said, we're going to prioritize this. And Buzz Peterson, and Bina, you remember this well, his family and friends, and he was very good at influencing people, Buzz was but you had all the media whipped up here locally and they were all asking me, why are you, is this personal? And I'm like, no, I want to go to the NCAA tournament. It's not personal. And Mike Hamilton saw something in this athletic program and decided to give Bruce Pearl a shot back in the big time where he was ostracized and cast off. And I really believe... If, you, if Tennessee didn't do that, I don't know that they have the success they've had. I don't know that we'd be talking about a robust Tennessee basketball program right now. What do you think, Bino? I think Mike Hamilton deserves a huge amount of credit for what happened.
10: Uh, I, I do as well, Tony. He he was the first AD in my lifetime that cared anything about basketball. Ray Mears had a great program in spite of Woodruff, and that Dickie didn't care if it went down to a club sport.
7: Yep, that's exactly right. And then you have the other side of Mike Hamilton, which is a truly awesome man who really did live for others and to help others. And one thing I said about him Friday, which I'm going to, reiterate here is that Mike Hamilton wasn't only a wonderful ambassador for Tennessee and for the sports world but literally was a wonderful ambassador for mankind. I mean he was just a great great guy. And and in my my mind when I think of Mike Hamilton I think an, an inspiring man of God that lived to make his world better and that's what he did so may he rest in peace and our condolences to his family and friends as we continue with more get some calls in after this
12: this is Terry Wilcox aka The Chicken Man aka T-Willie and you're listening to 101.7 FM WKOM Columbia, Tennessee
2: Alert! Alert!
12: I have got my favorite grocer on the line, Mr. Miles Johnson. Miles, how's everybody doing at Foodland today?
13: Oh, we're all doing great. How about yourself?
12: Man, I'm doing fantastic. It's always fun talking to you. You guys always have some amazing deals over there. So uh, what kind of specials are we talking about this week?
13: Well, this week we have two different ads going on. We have the normal Wednesday to Tuesday ad, which includes assorted pork chops, $1.79 a pound, New York strip steaks, $4.99 a pound, five-pound bag russet potatoes, $1.99 each, Domino sugar, two for seven, and Coca-Cola six-packs, three for 12.
12: Wow, some great deals right there. People need to come in and check them out. And As always, you're open seven days a week, 7 a.m. till 9 p.m., located right there on West 7th, right near the post office. Well, Miles, thank you as always. It's a pleasure talking to you. You folks uh, over there at Foodland, have a great day, and uh, we'll talk to you uh, next week.
13: All righty, thank you.
12: Thank you, Miles. Again, that was Miles Johnson from Foodland. Go check them out for some of those great, great savings.
4: This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia.
7: Tony B. back with you. It is a Monday. Race fans. And the Vols got boat raced. Which I'm with Bino. You could have told me Friday, like when I was, well, when I popped in at the end of the Friday show in the state I was in, I said, look, I don't, I don't feel good about tomorrow. I don't think tomorrow's going to be a very easy game. Um, I never dreamed in a million years it could look like that. Now, some would say, what's the, what's the difference? I mean, you either win or you lose. But I think there's a big difference, personally, to the phones we go. Let's get as many folks in here as we can. We'll go to our TLD Logistics Hotline on this Monday. Hello. Hi, you're Um, on the air. Hello, go right ahead.
15: It's CFL Swag.
7: Hey, Swaggy, what's up, brother?
15: Man, I'll tell you, I'm just going to go ahead and say this right now. For any Vol fans, if you are going to sell your ticket, then that tells me one thing, that you are not giving your all. Like, I don't care if Georgia has won all year long. I don't give a rat ass. There's one thing about it. okay. It's like they say, when adversity hits, there's one thing you can either do. You can sit there, you can pity yourself, or you can put your head high, get off your ass, and put the work in. Do I think our guys will do that this week? I think they will. Do I feel that they feel that they have nothing left but to give their all this week? Absolutely. Like, Saturday, we need to fill Nealand up, and I think our guys can win that game. Now, I'm going to tell you why. Okay, so if Milton goes out there and he throws a decent game, he might have the best game he's had all year this Saturday. They may play with their hair on fire. I mean, I hope Dante's okay. But we have we have enough talent on our team. Like our O one is nasty enough. Like I I don't know what happened Saturday. Still, I still I I shook my head as well. Like how do you not stop that running back? Why did they not load the box? Like why did they not like why did they not make changes? Who the hell knows? I don't know. I wasn't there. You know, I wasn't on the field. Like, there's a lot of unanswered questions.
7: Were like, you at the game,
15: Andy? No, I, I was not able Sat to. Sat that one out,
7: huh? Um,
16: it's
7: a long ways away, man, and doesn't look very inviting. I'll say that. And some of the some of the comments that we got on our Garza Law fifth quarter fan reaction from people that were there say that the atmosphere was. Uh, well, it didn't feel like a Southeastern Conference football game, let's put it that way. But but to your point, does Tennessee have the wherewithal? Beano, do they have the wherewithal in a one-game sense to put it together and, and get the Georgia Bulldogs Saturday? I mean, it's a highly unlikely result, Tony,
10: but it's uh, uh, th- this team, without question, uh, is much better at home than they are on the road. Uh, i i i don't think we'll be able to catch Georgia sleep uh even though they've already clinched the east because they're they're playing for higher goals than that but uh, uh they'd have to play a c game we'd have to play an a plus game uh but uh i mean yeah there's always that that chance
7: that slim chance you gotta turn them over three or four times andy if you're gonna win that game in my mind you got to turn them over
15: well i mean absolutely um I mean I mean yeah, we're going to have to stop. I mean do I think their quarterback is is that great? Absolutely not. But nobody has put pressure on him. Our defense can put pressure on him with I feel with without a doubt.
7: Andy, and here's my question for you. We were talking about this earlier. You got a line on this guy that maybe nobody else does. Since uh he flew across the country, and you kind of bonded with him. We saw that in social media, so you've you got the video proof to for everybody to see. What do you make of how Nico's not getting on the field? And Bino said that Andy Sparks uh, opined that perhaps that they, what they're trying to do is they're they're trying to uh, preserve his red shirt year, while not saying that they're preserving his red shirt year. H- have you heard anything towards that? Uh, Andy, you want to throw your hat in the ring on that?
15: Um, I, I will say this. Um, Nico is a very humble kid. His whole family are very humble. Um, So he is very patient. So anybody that thinks he's going to transfer, and I heard some crap. Customers. Unbelievable. That's tough. Like, you know, saying that oh he's talking to other no he's not. He's like, forget it. Like they love Tennessee. Like a lot of his family, they love Tennessee and they love where he's at. Um now do I think that Nico is very capable of being a game changer? For the
7: rest of the season, absolutely. Yep. Like. I'm apparently. with Bino. I'd let him play. He he would play at least half of that Vanderbilt game for me. And he yeah. would play, and he would get a couple series this weekend. Uh, there. Uh, and and by the way, shout out to uh, Adam Sparks and then Andy Sparks, no, ma- no matter where they may be. But uh, yeah. So um, Bino does does. Rapper Andy's um does his explanation help you be now? Did he clear it up for you? Yes. Very much, yeah. Anything else for us today? Andy, you, you you bring peace. You came in peace today. Um
15: man, I'm just uh you know, the diss track that I released Saturday, yep. I had a lot of fans, you know, saying, Oh, I shouldn't have done it and this and that. And I'm like, you know what? It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, I I gave I gave hope to it because, That's right. That's yes, right. I had hope. Yes, I felt we were going to go down there and take care of business.
7: Did you think you fired up the Missouri kids? Is that what people think you did with your diss track?
15: Uh, I feel that that was the most ex- hyped diss track that I had released and the most expression because I feel I get more comfortable each time and I felt that those lyrics were some of the most put together that I had put together um but this dog this track that I'm gonna write uh oh bars to it I, I, well,
7: like uh oh yeah.
15: I, I hope that when's that dropping
7: there, when's that dropping Andy
15: um I will probably, I'm going to write it today, and then I'm probably going to put a sneak peek out probably on Wednesday, but I will be uh, performing that, um, of course, Saturday, Um, probably around the earliest would probably be 11 a.m., could possibly be 12, depends, you know, what time to the Knoxville, and. Uh, where I'm
16: going to do it
15: at? Cause um, yep. well, probably going to do it probably at Brock Rogers tailgate again. But um, um,
7: well, listen, but you're you're the man. Much love to uh, you. Have a Dwight Gooden, brother. Good talking to you. go Valls. Go Vols to you. Back to the funds we go on our TLD Logistics hotline. Uh, for some reason, people call my cell phone. Anthony did not believe me the other day, Bino, There's a, there's a number in North Carolina. This person knows who they are. Called my personal cell phone. I finally had to turn the ringer off, you know, during the guards of law program. 54 times, Bino, Saturday night. Why? Wow. Tell me, like, uh,
10: Like the lost girlfriend, and I miss you, you know, I'm not hip to the hip talk, but uh, uh, Andy's diss track that he dropped firing up the Tigers makes about as much sense as anything else I saw on Saturday.
7: Back to the phones we go. Hello and welcome into our next call. Now Andy's to blame, so we'll throw him into the mix. Uh, Orange throat, blame me. Now Andy shares some blame for what happened Saturday. Hello and welcome into our next call.
17: Uh, Tony Bino, I got a, uh, the football schedule here on my refrigerator. I right. and, and last year, last year I got Georgia ball game and I put Eric Ainge lost this game for in his mouth. And I believe this year for uh, Missouri, I'll put down Andy's disc track as, uh, what <laughs> cost us
6: that game.
7: Well, I mean if Andy's catching strays, uh if he's catching strays in social media, you know, why not?
17: Him <laughs> and Oynge. Uh I got a question, uh, that I'd really like to ask Cinco because he's been there, he kinda knows how it works. But I just can't keep it to myself till Wednesday, so I'm I'm gonna ask you and and Bino. Uh, this Tim Banks fella. Whenever we hired him, I, I went through his resume with a fine tooth comb and, uh, didn't have quite the experience I wanted, but at the time we had the NCAA stuff going on, you know, about the coaching coaches we've had and, uh, but I liked his, uh, his style of defense that he ran, you know, it was pretty aggressive, uh uh I don't know how much <clears throat> blitzing he did, but I, I thought he blitzed plenty and he he did dang sure like to uh get some pressure on the quarterback. And uh and our defensive line has, has gotten better, I think, over the three years. Uh our linebackers are I I don't know because uh uh what's his face that left. Dang it, who am I talking about? Bino. Banks. Uh, Banks. Banks. Yeah. I'm, Banks is one of these guys got so much talent. You wanna say that you're missing him, but with some of the baggage that came along with him, I, I don't I don't know but but really what I'm getting at is uh it seems to me like he's changed his defense the way the, the defense we run as defense coordinators. seemed like he changed it to accommodate Willie Martinez and his defensive backs uh, not being able to get it done SEC-wise. And I wonder if Tim Banks, here he is early in his career, if he's not going to end up losing his job trying to cater to somebody that's been there and done that.
7: What do you think, Vino?
10: Well, I, Tony, you would know more about banks than I from your Penn State connections. Um, I, I think Charlie's right in that he's, you know, his reputation has been as a very aggressive defensive coordinator. And for the last several games, that hasn't been the tact that we've used out there. Now, we used it effectively until, until uh, Saturday. Um, one, one thing I'll say, Charlie, is um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give them just a little bit of a pass uh, because I, d- I don't think our linebacker play has been anywhere close to as good as it was last year. One, I think Beasley's playing hurt and has been all year. Uh, Peely got hurt. He was going to be the bridge to try to get Herring ready to step out. I just don't think – I think he's had to play more minutes uh, than he's ready to play. So from that standpoint, I, I don't I, – I'm, I'm going to give him a little bit of a pass. But now the, the other areas. Uh, we've been pretty good on the defensive line most of the year, but, and our secondary is what our secondary is.
2: You know, Charlie,
7: my, my read on this thing was the other day where you heard Josh Heupel basically say, we weren't ready. We didn't see on film what they were doing. I forget what the exact term was he used. It's in the blog, and I'm looking for it. Brian, do you remember the way he put it? What was the exact term he used? Structural. It sounded like structural differences or something about structure. It was structurally different. Yeah, that should never come out of a head coach's mouth to the media. That's him basically saying my defensive coordinator was not prepared for what they're doing, which I thought was kind of an interesting admission that Heupel would do that to one of his coordinators. I thought that was, uh, that's a little bit of, that's a little bit of being thrown under the bus, I believe.
17: Well, that, that's, that's, you know, it's getting to be that time of year where, uh, if you're going to make some staff changes, you yep. start, uh, you start putting it out there and, uh, that's what kind of got me worried, but now, <clears throat> I mean, full discretion. Uh, I'm not a Willie Martinez fan, uh, and and from what I saw the year before, I liked Tim. I didn't. I'm not a Tim Banks guy. You know, I went in there expecting uh, to not like this guy, and uh, from what I seen, from his young. Uh, I like the defense we put on the field for the players we had for those first two seasons. I agree with that but but this defense we've been playing lately in this league I can't I can't I can't sign up for it.
7: It'll never work. for some reason the it, it, it left off left off the page at you when they went on the road to Florida. And Florida just did did basically what Missouri did to us with, like Bino said, with inferior players. I think Missouri's got better offensive players than than Florida. I think they're much better, in fact. But that whole passive, using your great ends in coverage, not blitzing your linebackers who are lost anyway Mm – on key downs, letting that guy walk off that goal line, his own goal line, for 23, 24 yards, 20 of which, Charlie, he had wide open space. I don't know if I've ever seen that. I mean, Sal Sinceri thinks that's good defense. Just
17: forget about game-packing. You'd have to call a search party, get more than three. UT defensive yep. players in the, in the area to tackle somebody. Yep. But let me ask you this: if if it comes down to making a staff change, uh, how is Josh Hopper with a straight face going to uh, tell Tim Banks that a uh, secondary play wasn't that good and he had these all this potential sitting on the bank on the bench? and you, you went to this this soft coverage scheme because of players that you put out on the field. And uh, whenever you had more talented players on the bench, whenever Heifel's done the same thing, quarterback.
7: It's pretty weird, and I appreciate now you. This, Thank you. Yeah.
17: Th- th- this is what I thought would happen. Whenever, whenever I was down on, on Milton to start with, this is what I was afraid would happen. I thought that, that he he didn't he didn't have the the hooker ability to win win a big game that you wasn't supposed to, and I was afraid that he could lose a game uh that you're supposed to win but uh but I'll tell you what the uh in the era of u t sports where one coach. You know, Tony Vitello says, I'll give you something to cheer about. And he puts that baseball team out there. And uh, and then Josh Heupel comes on the scene. And he says, Well, we'll get your cigars ready. Watch this. Lo and behold, if Rick Barnes hadn't woke up and said, Hold my beer and watch this basketball team.
7: I'll see you Tuesday. Go, ball Amen, Charlie. How about Rick Barnes, you know, going all offensive on us here? yeah I'm, i mean i i like it tony I, the
10: you know my my only my only real complaint with rick barnes um uh has been I, I just thought he was a little bit too tight rein on the offensive end um but it it appears as if he's got a guy that he's going to to let be pretty free on the offensive end if if early indications prove correct. Uh, so, yeah, I, I like
7: it. I wonder what it's like for the veteran seniors on that team to have a guy come on their team, and it's basically his team all of a sudden. Because that's what's going to happen with this Connect guy. You know um, You
11: know what I mean? It's going to be interesting. You mentioned seniors like the Scooby and Triple J who seem like they've been there forever. Yeah. They have unlimited eligibility. I wanted to ask a question. Maybe it's a good topic. Maybe it won't fit this week, but later on down the road. What's a player that's played at Tennessee, no matter what sport, that if they could just play as long as they could play and would never run out of eligibility, who would would you pick for that?
7: Back to the phones we go. Probably me doing that postgame show. Hello and welcome into our next call. This is recency
10: bias, but I'd say Hendon Hooker.
7: Hello and welcome yeah. into our next call. Hey,
8: guys, it's Dave. Hey, Dave. Um, yeah, that, that, that game Saturday, you know, you get enough of those and you get that, tape bad, that, that bad taste in your mouth, and, you know, it can have uh, long-lasting effects on your... Uh, on your job as a coach, uh, I was looking back at, uh, the three stooges and, I, and I called the three stooges, Dooley, uh, Jones and, uh, Pruitt, uh, and I'll get, uh, I'll take, uh, Dooley and Pruitt out of the equation, but Butch Jones, uh, his first three years had eight double digit losses. In his first three years if Tennessee gets beat Saturday by double digits Heifel will have nine double digit losses now I'm not I'm not going to say that Heifel's Bush Jones or anything like that but if you look at Bush Jones' third year he went nine and four and he lost four games by a total of 17 points uh, I hope this works out. I hope it works out for all of us. But things are starting to. This thing is this thing is so fragile, and we've been through so much as a fan base since former left that this thing could the wheels could fall that quickly, and they and they, and they can and they did. With Butch Jones, it fell off in like six months. It was
7: it was over. Yeah, but you have a different person in in in, in a human being there. I mean, the wheels are always going to fall off for Butch Jones if he stays around long enough in 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 one place because of the way he conducts himself. Uh, I mean, he's already but, feuding but had, with those people at Arkansas State. Fall, but they hadn't fallen up, fallen
8: off at, to that point of his career. <laughs>
7: No, but it was gonna happen. But it was gonna it, the the fact what happened to Butch Jones in his fourth year will have zero bearing and I mean and zero correlation on, on what will go on here in year four. Now, year four might not be very good next year. I don't know. I mean you got you got a lot of guys on your offensive line you have to replace. You've you're breaking in a new quarterback in a league, it's pretty unforgiving. You haven't exactly gotten in playing time this year, on top of that. Why well, receiving odd. cores a little bit of a little bit of a mystery. Uh, defense is uh, you know a bunch of guys that a bunch of young guys are going to be out there next year, but I don't. I I just don't think it's necessary to
8: to even I'm not bring Butch
7: Jones into this.
8: Right, but this is such. This league is so unforgiving. So unforgiving. Uh, the, the like I said uh, after the game Saturday night when I called in, the expectations at Tennessee are not the same as the expectations at Ole Miss or Missouri. We have higher expectations here. And we should because of our tradition. And uh, if he, I mean, if this guy, I, I just hope he, I hope it works out. Uh, and but I'm prepared for it not to. I'll just put that way. Well, but I appreciate you guys.
7: Thank you. Bino, respond to that. He's prepared for it. All of a sudden, not to. Well, Tommy, I, I,
10: I you know, I texted you on on Saturday night, and I, you know, uh, I, I've never believed that I should tell anyone how to be a fan. I hope I've never done that on here. Uh, I, I never intend to. Uh, I think the the era where these coaches are making a bazillion dollars, and especially in our situation where we've been through this revolving door of of coaches for 15 years, I think that's forced some fans into a position where they're worried about who our football coach is going to be in 2026 based on a sorry night in Columbia, Missouri in 2023. In my opinion... That's a miserable way to follow your football team. Uh, you, if, if that's the way you want to do it, you be you. Tony, from Josh Heupel's perspective. I mean, this is a league that chews them up and spits them out. And if if Josh is going to be here any length of time, then he's going to have to he's going to have to continually recruit at a high level. And now you throw the transfer portal in there, and he's going to have to continuously Evaluate his approach and his staff, and make changes accordingly. If he does those things, he'll be here a long time. If he doesn't, he won't.
7: Back to the phones. But I'm
10: not worried about who our football coach is going to be in 2026.
7: In 2023, I'm not. I'm not going to do that. Back to the phones, we go. Hello, and welcome in on a Monday.
17: Knox Brown's suppose. <laughs>
7: I think we had a bad connection there. Something occurred. Something about. I don't know. Something about the need to. Uh, I don't know. Uh, hello and welcome into our next call.
16: Hello?
7: Hi, you're on the air.
16: So at what point do you put. Just call it a, a wash. Not really a wash, but just build for next year? I mean, because he. Milton. Got to sit because he's not getting the job done. I mean, it's, he's done this for six years now, and you got to at least do what you got for next year. Yeah, you know, throw him against the fire. no yeah. throw, throw Nico against the fire. Clarity. You got two games left, and plus the ball game.
7: Bino, what about that line of thinking? Just put him out there and let him start, and let him play. Live with the consequences. Uh,
10: I'm not. I'm not. Throwing Nico out there and giving him the whole game against this Georgia team, uh, I just wouldn't do that. I, I'm not sure that's the best thing to do going forward for your future. Uh, but I do agree uh, that I, I think the best course of action would be put Nico out there and let him play a significant amount in every game that we have remaining this season. Now,
7: uh, I, I do want to say to the caller, though.
16: said that all year, though.
7: But, but the thought... The, well, don't get you know. This is hey, this is this is verbal, bro. This ain't physical. I, I listen. I, I you're talking to a person here who now wonders if they would have just turned the page on Joe Milton, which I think they should have. By the way, I I never bought into it. He just doesn't look. He just doesn't look like like a quarterback. I mean, he had a few moments this year where he's played okay, but would the record be any different if they would have just played that freshman, and lived with consequences? Would the record be any different? That's what I'll ask anybody listening. And I don't was, know that it would be. I don't know that it even, would be.
16: Even if it was, you'd be accepted to that more knowing your ability. Well, that'd be oh, true.
7: That's true. What if you got a transfer and played a transfer this year well, you were never, that you, was really good? you were never in a real world. going. To, first of all, there aren't any out there. Secondly, you weren't going to do that because nobody was going to come Knowing that Nico was here, so that and that would have been an impossible situation. Maybe to play one year, maybe. Well, no, nobody would have come under those circumstances. Not how it works.
16: Okay, so here's the next question: Do they have doubt that Nico can play? Is there something that they're not coming to the press about now?
7: It's very curious to me, and I'm going to say I think they like him a lot. But it's very curious to me that he did not get in that game the other day. That makes. To Beano's point, if they think they're going to redshirt this guy and that they're going to preserve his last year here, basically what they're telling you is we don't think he can play. If that's the case, Bino, we don't think he's a star player. We think he's a college football quarterback, which that better not be the case. This guy better be able to really play. And And here's the thing about these guys. When you put them on the roster, they really elevate you no matter what level they're at. Whether it's the college level, whether it's the pro level, look no further than what's going on down there with the Houston Texans right now. That, in these guys' division, they're going to be looking up at that Houston Texans team as long as that kid stays healthy for years to come. And, they're, and these guys both know that. They both know football well enough to know that. And... So that, that Adam Sparks item about the red-shirting deal, that that better not be it. That doesn't make any sense. Like Bino said earlier, it just doesn't make any sense. And to
16: answer Brian's question, my two players, I, I have two, Jamal Lewis and Chris Lawson, if I could have forever.
7: Well, that's a great answer. Thank you, brother. Good talking to you. But we're not doing that today. Please don't give those answers out. We're, we're not going to. But thank you for the. Um, he was getting snappy, Ben. This stuff makes people snappy, snappy and clappy, man. Oh yeah, I mean that's that's what performances like Saturday do. Right, we'll
10: choose up and fight against each other. I, I know they're in a tough spot now, Tony, and that they're, you know, they, they they. This is a kid that came back and gave them two years. Uh, before he got on the field and now they they probably feel a little bit of a sense of responsibility to give him every opportunity to play every minute that he can but you know this isn't high school football this is the SEC and
7: the last time if, I checked what's, what's got, best for your future and the last time I checked he got obliterated twice on the road we'll take a brief time out and co- and look pretty dead doing it both times no offense more after this
2: American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090.
3: Hi, this is Steve, the Garbage Man. Y'all have heard me talk in the past about Packer, our mascot dog. Well, I have some sad news about Packer. She recently crossed over the Rainbow Bridge to join our other beloved pets of the past. Packer lived out her final days on our farm in Water Valley. She had a great 14 years of life after being rescued by Don from being thrown away as a pup in someone's
4: garbage. Rest in peace, Packer.
18: Hello, everyone. It's Santa here. Christmas is a magical time. From the songs that we sing to the cookies that we'll eat, it's a time of celebration. So why don't you come and let's start the season with singing and cookies with me, Santa and Mrs. Claus at Once Upon a Christmas at Christchurch Columbia at 707 Lion Parkway. That's November 17th and 18th, starting at 6 p.m. You can have your picture taken with us, Mrs. Claus and I, and we'll eat a cookie too, as well as learn the history of St. Nicholas. So come out and enjoy an evening of fun and help support Crossroads to Home and Combat Vets Motorcycle Association. That's Once Upon a Christmas at Christchurch Columbia at 707 Lion Parkway here in Columbia. You can call 931-540-0898 for information. That's 931 931- 540
3: 540-0898. Built to win. Touchdown Alabama. Built for championships.
12: Throws intercepted Alabama.
3: Built by Bama. Alabama is still Alabama. The Crimson Tide play here. Join us Saturday as the Crimson Tide take on the Chattanooga Mocs. Our coverage begins at 8 a.m. On your home for Alabama football, the Crimson Tide Sports Network from Learfield.
14: This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM
10: in Columbia, Tennessee
7: back in action against the Wofford Terriers tomorrow night. We'll have Garzaloff, Tennessee basketball overtime for you as soon as that one goes final. I was in here the other night and uh, when we went off the air, we had thousands and thousands of listeners. People were really excited about what they saw Friday, obviously. It was past midnight. I was in here feverish and uh you know doing our best, but uh Laura was counting me down' because she knew that my inclination was to stay on until the last phone call was taken. But this basketball team's gonna be a lot of fun, boy, are they good? But, you know I haven't asked you about them a word about the basketball team then back to the phones what what'd you think of what you saw
10: uh listen to it tony i didn't didn't uh didn't make any moves to get peacock uh uh, but that's an impressive win uh, in that spot at this point in the year uh, and this this team has a world of depth and a world of potential it looks like
7: back to the phones we go TLD Logistics Hotline online TLDLogistics.com service of the Tony Basilio show hello
19: Tony what's up Ms. Goldberg hey Goldie well I just wanted to kind of call just to go over this game a little bit. It's just kind of been eating at me a little bit because uh, it's just it wasn't an annoying win, but or I mean loss. I'm sorry, but like the way we lost was just this frustrating part of that. But I still think like I don't know maybe I think Dixon or somebody said something about this. I still it, it's still like that Florida game still just pisses me off way more than that, than that game does, even though it's annoying as that game was. And it was really annoying, but, like, just losing to that team was stupid. And I, I get, like, you know, we all know about the Florida history and everything like that, but, uh, like, this is always, like, at at best, this is probably, you know, like you've been saying, like a 9-3 team, like, that's probably the best case. And it was probably always an eight and 14. Like, that's just kind of.
7: Yeah. Are you there? I'm here. Yeah. The... Yeah. So go ahead. I
19: mean, like, I, no, I mean, it's just, and so like, I don't know if everybody was like expecting to go like 10 and two or 11, but all this like thing, like we're probably going to get to go to a Florida ball game. We Like we've been so bad for so long. Like, I'm not getting that excited about it, I guess, about the loss, just because it's just like – I mean, that's just kind of what we were going to be this year is kind of what we are. Like, I kind of just feel like losing that game the way we lost, but i just kind of like – I think Missouri was pretty, uh, quite a bit better than we were, and I think that's why we lost that game. I, I don't know that there was a whole lot that was other than that to me, at least. I mean, it just looked like, yep, they were quite a bit better than we were, Probably not as good, that much better than we were. But, like, that was just, like, this was always going to be an 8-4 and kind of season. That's probably what we're going to end up going. So, like, I'm just not going to really kind of overreact to a whole lot of things, I guess. is kind of my
7: point. Vegas really confused me Friday. And I thought, man, there's got to be something there that I'm missing. Because when that line jumped to Tennessee minus three in their building, I was like, what? Were were you with me, Vino, yeah. on that as well? Like, I was just really confused Friday uh, Friday afternoon because I was thinking we're not winning there. And what? Yeah. Well, I, I thought Burden was out or something, maybe.
11: And they Friday may have helped out.
10: That even if Burden was going to play, he wasn't going to be much of a factor, which he wasn't. That back could have played. I, I just thought that maybe money moved it and. and Money was just wrong. The other thing that
7: was really uh, odd about the whole gambling market deal, I didn't understand the line in that Michigan game at all. Michigan basically put seven offensive linemen on the field, took it back to 1945, and said, goodbye to you. (laughs) Good. See you later. Peace. Have a good day.
10: I'll say this about that line, Tony. You know that uh, the the power rating that I like, um, if if you put it together and you and you give you give Penn State the three points that their stadium deserves, it it wasn't wasn't far off at all. I mean, from that standpoint, and that's basically the way that they that they make lines. So,
7: and, and really, to Goldie's perspective about the season, I think it's interesting that we had a visceral rebound anger toward the Florida loss after the other night. Yeah. Which, why? Is that because getting blown out again? Goldberg, is that what what touched it off on you? Because I, 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 so, I, go ahead.
20: Yeah.
19: No, I guess that's probably it. And, I mean, like, I get that, that, I, I mean, that's probably the best thing, yeah. I mean, that's probably the best description of maybe why I'm back to it. It's also just the fact that, like, just, just really what it was almost more than anything is watching this LSU just blow them out, like, just completely just just Jaden Daniels going for, like, 600 yards against them, and, they're, like, we just couldn't do anything. And so then it's just kind of like, you just kind of go back to going, like, how, like, even this history aside and everything else aside, like, it's just like, how does that happen? Like, how do you just, how do they, all these other teams, like, even Arkansas, the Arkansas, I mean, just seeing all these other teams play them like, like, I can stand, like, I understand losing. Like, I can make more sense, even out of the, take history out of the Florida thing, just completely out of it. I can totally get, and I, and I understand losing that Missouri game way more than I understand. You know, just looking at that, going, like, how? Like, how does that still happen? Like, because they're off. They're really bad. Like, that Florida team sucks. Like, (laughs) they're really bad. And so then it's just like, like, because everybody was freaking out about the Missouri game, and I'm just like, I don't, I didn't expect to lose like that, but I was pretty much expecting to lose that game. Like, I I would I was pretty much shocking that one up as a loss. Yeah. And so, like, that's my my whole thing is just like I don't know like why everybody was so mad about losing them it just seemed like it was almost like oh we can't lose the Missouri well that's like not the usual Missouri team like that Missouri team is like a lot better than the Missouri teams that we faced the last 2 years and I feel like a lot of people were kind of basing the last 2 years on that Missouri team when that Missouri team was a lot different than the other two Missouri teams that we played the 2 years before that so it's just kind of like I can handle losing that one, but then I just keep on looking at that Florida loss one like, God, that's just <laughs> – it's even more because they're going you – know, it's another uh, one of those years where they're going to go four or five – have four or five wins, and one of those wins are going to be against us. And it's just so annoying.
11: It's got to make uh, – look at how bad Tennessee's looked on the road in every other game. Kentucky has to feel like they lost again to Tennessee too, looking at that.
10: Yeah. <laughs> You know, Brick, it's interesting. Uh, I'm, I'm like you in that uh, uh, before the season, uh, when the Vegas totals came out, win totals came out, uh, I told Tony at nine or nine and a half, I would bet under if I weren't just a Tennessee fan. I would bet under. So I expected really an eight-win season. But barring... Uh, barring... Uh, highly unlikely result on saturday i am going to be somewhat disappointed uh even at eight and four which i thought we were going to be and the reason i'm going to be is because we once again lost to a florida team that had absolutely no business beating us and we had another on the road no show at missouri like we had at south carolina last year
19: i like always been you have a way with words there i'd I couldn't have probably summed it up any better. You summed it up better there than my long soliloquy there that I went on.
7: <laughs> well, Goldo, you're the man. Thank you, brother. My best right, to you. you Always good hearing from you, and on patrol lives on Friday. Just Hello, and welcome you know, to uh, our next call. You're live on the show on a Monday. Welcome in.
20: Hello, Tony. It's Tennessee
7: Wolf. Hey, Wolfie.
20: You know, let's start off. So I'm going to start off with something positive, and that's Josh Dobbs. I love to see that guy finally having the success that he deserves. I mean, the performance he put on yesterday, I just it's really nice to see a VFL finally, like him, who really deserves it, uh, finally succeeding.
7: Shout out, Josh Dobbs, Woot Woot, incredible, inspiring, stealing the spotlight for the last couple of weeks in the NFL. Bino, you know, did you think Josh Dobbs had that in him to perform like that? Uh, I I never
10: thought we would see Josh Dobbs have that level of success uh, in the NFL, Tony. Like Wolf, I'm just really, really happy for him. And uh, uh, he's, uh, you know, they showed yesterday, they had to show him where to go to the home locker room. So funny. (laughs) He's he's 2-0. It's just amazing. Well, unfortunately, it's time for the negative.
20: And this Florida, this Florida loss, I'm agreeing with a lot of people. This Florida loss has really, now it's really being magnified, especially what we've been seeing lately, the way they've been playing. And more than likely, their next two games, they're not going to win them. I'm, I'm sorry. They're going to Missouri. And this hey, Wuffy,
7: here's Josh Florida. Heupel. Let me go to Josh Heupel. Stay right there, Wuffy. Uh, the here's Josh Hypeel. Talk
9: about going into the game uh, we didn't do. Uh, We've got to play smarter football, uh, in particular on the offensive side of the football. Uh, you look at the drives, um, you know most of them end with a, uh, a major penalty that puts you in you know, second and extra long or first and extra long, and, and uh, the turnovers on the plus side of the territory as well. So uh, a lot to learn from at the same time. Uh, you got to watch it, uh, whether you win or lose, and you got to move on to the next one. we got a great opponent coming uh, to town this week. Um, you look at Georgia, they play extremely well. Smart football, physical football, all three phases of the, of the game. Um, you know, they uh, got dynamic playmakers in all three phases of the game as well. So a uh, huge test for us. And uh, we've got uh, to have a great week of preparation to get ready for these guys. Um, you know, I think uh, you know, it's the first time we've been back home uh, for SEC SEC uh, game. Inside Nealon Stadium in over a month. Uh, looking forward to, uh, to our fans uh, seeing them there on Saturday. Need a great atmosphere. Uh, Dolly's going to be there uh, as well, so uh, my mom will be excited about that one. All right. We'll open it up for uh, questions.
19: Coach, you've referenced multiple times this year that you need to play smarter and talked about the penalties. How do you fix that? You guys have been penalized for three years pretty heavily. How do you fix that?
9: Yeah, the. Well, some of it like personal accountability. Uh, some of it, you know, you look at uh, some of the penalties on the offense side of the football, the playing penalties. Comes down to, to fundamentals and technique and body position. Um, you do those things right, um, you have an opportunity to not have some of those those things happen. Got to be smart at the end of play as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they pay attention to everything that's going on. They're there for a reason. Um, You know, the way you finish plays in practice isn't necessarily the same as as a game.
15: How do you get the run game going again this weekend?
9: Yeah, um, you know, part of it's the way the game ended and and the type of scenario that you're you're playing out, uh, but a bunch of it is – you know, us doing a great job, communication, fundamentals, uh, running backs, pressing the hole, doing a good job of reading things, too. Uh, it was a combination of all those things the other night.
8: Just a couple times in the first half uh, you elected like to fair catch to the kickoffs. Then in the second half, you know, D took one about seven or eight yards deep. Kind of wh- whose call is that? Is that
17: yours?
19: Is that Eckler's? Is that D's got the flexibility to do whatever he wants to back there? Kind of what goes
9: through all that? Yeah, um, you know, we have an idea of what we're doing before we go out there, but then based on the kick, too, uh, there should be a decision that's made uh, during the course of the play as well.
0: Uh, Coach, does it make it a
7: little bit—I
0: don't know if easier is the right word—but when you when you've got an opportunity game like this, you know, play on national television against the number one, does that help the guys maybe put a game like that behind them because it is such a big opportunity? Yeah,
9: I think no matter what you do the previous week, uh, you got to put the game behind you. Uh, Certainly, we understand the quality of the opponent that's uh, that's coming to town this week. Um, You know, our guys understand you know who they are, what they're about, and and the way that they're going to play, and uh, be a great test for us. Coach, you got thinner at receiver during the game at, at Missouri. What did you think about the way the guys stepped up down the depth chart? And do you have an update on Dante? Yeah, uh, Dante will be out for the uh, for the remainder of the the regular season. Um, we'll see where we're at as uh, as we get into postseason play. Um, young guys, th- there were some real positive things that they did uh, during the course of the game. Uh, Chaz, Caleb, um, you know, all in all, um, you know,
15: like a majority of what they did. How much do you have to change offensively to compensate for the for the injuries at wide receiver? First, Brew, then Dante. Can you really do anything scheme-wise this late in the year, replacing them?
9: Well, you're, you're always going to subtly change your your scheme based on what you're seeing structure-wise and personnel-wise on the other side. Uh, you always try to put those guys in a position where they can go win. And um, you know, on this one, there's a bunch of one-on-ones. It's going to be tight, contested coverage out on the outside. Uh, at the end of the day, they're going to have to go win some of those battles. Josh,
11: how would you assess where Elijah Herring is at right now and, and what steps to, does he need to
5: make, especially going into this football game?
9: Yeah, um, the other day uh, I thought he got his eyes just caught in the in the wrong place on a couple of, of his reads, um, missed a couple open field tackles, but he did some good things as well. Um, he's a young player that has got to continue to grow. He didn't play extremely well Saturday afternoon.
8: Yeah, first look. What
9: jumps out about Georgia in terms of how they look compared with last
7: year's team, personnel-wise, scheme-wise?
9: Yeah, they got really good players across, across the board. Um, you know, defensively, thick, strong, athletic uh, up front. Um, they can run. Um, they cover extremely well on the back end. They don't miss tackles. Um, you see them in, in close quarters and in open space. Uh, they tackle extremely well. Uh, offensively, they got dynamic playmakers um you know a few of those guys are just getting back and, and getting truly healthy right now um but the quarterback's playing extremely well really efficient been accurate um you know he's done a really nice job several producers wanted me to ask you does it bring any pressure knowing that dolly's going to be there this week <laughs> anytime dolly's going to be around it uh certainly adds pressure absolutely to uh to our performance but uh uh truly you know what i mean for uh for 10 um that's a uh, you know, one that everybody will enjoy seeing.
0: Coach, that's Mary McDonald was another guy that got banged up. Do you have an update yeah. on him? And uh, how did Jordan Thomas, he got a lot of run in the UConn game. How do you think he played at that star spot? In that yeah, I thought
9: Jordan did some positive things, uh, was destructive and, and made some plays out on, on perimeter. Um, you know, T-Mac got nicked up early in, in the football game. I do believe he'll have an opportunity to be ready for this one.
19: Coach, when you look at – your third down defense obviously had a hard time getting off the field. What what was it that they were doing, and how disappointing was the third and long uh, inability to get off the field? For your yeah, defense? inability
9: to get off the field. Part of that was quarterback extended and making plays with his feet running and also scrambling and, and getting outside of the pocket. Um, you know, for us, you got to do a good job of applying pressure to him too. You can't let him sit back there all day. Um, but he broke contain on us. That was disappointing. Some of our twist games, um, you know, our contained player didn't get there. Got out up through the middle of the football field once or twice too. Um, we got to do a better job. That'll be big in this one too, um, and, uh, and we got to match things out on scramble drill.
20: Yeah.
19: You said post game that you were disappointed with the way that that the team finished. Yeah. What, what did? When you watched it on tape, what did you see? And what did you mean? in terms of that. Was it one specific drive, or was it just the whole what the was it?
9: Couple, last couple of drives, um, you know, going back and watching watching it, I, a lot of them did continue to, to play hard. I just didn't think we played very smart at the end of it. So i
7: disappointed in that.
9: Thank you, Coach. Appreciate
7: it. You guys have a great day. There you go, Josh Heupel, meeting the depressed. Let's go back to the phones, and uh, we'll get our next call. I think the Wolfie was making a point. Go ahead, Wolfie.
20: Okay, thank you, Tony. Um, anyway, though, uh, this will be a different season. had we not lost to Florida? We'd still be at probably around two losses now. And you know, I mean, we're probably going to lose to Georgia, and that that would have made us nine and three. But that that nine and three and eight and four—I mean, believe it or not—that one game makes a difference on how you look at the season. And that Florida, that Florida loss, that was just bad. I mean, that
7: was look at the way they're playing right now. That was a very bad loss. uh again, we're having this rebound thing to Florida. I think that's kind of interesting.
10: I, I think you're right, though, Wolfie, in the way that I would look at the season, because that's your ninth win, and that's the tops that I thought Tennessee would do. Now, I would still be wondering. I would be thinking about this Missouri game the same way I did about South Carolina last year. How could that happen at that point in the season with as much riding on it as appeared to be riding on it? So uh, I would still have those questions, but I would i would feel uh, I, I would be satisfied with a season with nine wins and a win at Florida. And the thing about this, too,
20: really is, um, I kind of saw this coming. I mean, I was wondering why all these people were predicting Tennessee to win when really, when I looked at that Missouri team and that quarterback, I just felt like that was a very bad matchup for Tennessee. I really did, and it showed up. And just like I think this week's a very bad matchup for Tennessee with Georgia coming in here. But I do think that we will play more competitive against Georgia because we're at home than we, than we did up at Missouri.
7: I'll tell you this, Wolfie, and I appreciate the call. If they come with those same defensive schemes, they're going to get the hell beat out of them. You might as well not even put your uniform on. Unless they play, unless they play aggressively on defense, you might as well not even bother because you will get but uh, absolutely destroyed
11: in that game. So, one streak's going to end, either Tennessee's 14-game home winning streak or Georgia's 26-game overall winning streak.
7: Back to the phones we go. Hello and welcome in. You are next up on a Monday. It's great. That's a great uh, little nugget there, Bri.
13: Hey, Tony. Joshy
7: boy. Hey, Josh. Joshie.
13: What up? Uh, what up, Dino? Joshie.
10: How you doing, Joshy boy? Good. How are you, big boy? Doing good, doing good. Good.
13: Tona, should Florida even strap up Saturday night going to Missouri? Because they're probably going to get the hell beat out of them.
7: What do you think, Bean? Are you giving Florida a shot up there?
10: Well, obviously, Florida will play them better than we did. But I don't I don't expect uh, Florida to go in there and win the game. Uh, you know, uh Missouri has no chance to win the East now, uh, but they do have a chance to have a season similar to what we had last year, which would be really, really satisfying to win 10 games and, uh, and go to uh, a New Year's Day Six Bowl.
13: And, Tone, I'll tell you what. If Florida is 5-6 and six going into that home game senior day against Florida State, Florida State is going to have all the pressure put on them because if they lose that game, they're out of the playoffs.
7: Um, Florida has zero chance of beating that Florida State bunch this year, and I mean zero. So Florida's staring down the barrel of not making a ball game. How
13: likely is it for them to lose out, Tony?
7: Well, they're staring down the barrel of not making a ball
11: game. They're going to lose out. Yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. going to lose out. I knew point? that after Arkansas. You don't beat that Arkansas team who's lifeless. What chances do you have of going on the road to LSU, Missouri, and Florida State at home of winning any of those games if you can't beat Arkansas?
16: Amen.
13: Tony, uh, I kind of disagree to two callers ago with him saying, playing Nico against Georgia, you did not play Nico against Georgia, because you do not want him to go out there and get killed, you know. Because George's linemen are like 300 pounds, and uh, they can pretty much run him down and possibly injure him.
7: I'm with Bino. I, I, I give him some exposure in this game and give him some seat time. And I want him to feel what it feels like to play in a football game like that just for his confidence going forward. But to me, it's, again, I'm back to the baseball analogy. It's, the, it's akin to when to bring up a prospect, when to insert a prospect. You want, you want a prospect to have some success. You know, you don't want to throw somebody in at the deep end of the pool and take on water. Which you know you, you run the risk of that Saturday if you if you do that with him. Yeah, you do. And or or he could be tremendously successful. You know if he's yeah if he's tremendously successful. Hey, more good on you if you try that. But I, yeah. I would not in this game. But I would at least play him a few series. Definitely
13: do it against Vandy.
7: Oh, I, yeah. There's no question. Dino, do you think he plays a series or two Saturday, Nico? are they going to continue this weird, almost charade that we've got going on here?
10: Uh, I I have no faith he's going to play on Saturday, Tony. Totally. I think he'll play some against Vandy, but I have no faith that he's going to play against Georgia.
13: Tony, uh, do you think they fire both Martinez and Banks, or do you think uh, just one of them? gets canned
7: there in the season well my you know i'm looking at i'm not a tea leave reader but martinez has been the last year of his deal so whatever yeah. whatever there
10: right
7: um i don't know i don't know what's going to happen with that he's
10: the only assistant that hasn't been renewed right tony i
7: think that's right yes bean star yes and from uh this
13: we all knew going into the season we would have some offensive uh, regression, do you think any of that is, uh, like, from the play calling, do you think any of it is Hosley's fault? No. Or do you think it's just what you're limited to at quarterback? Yeah,
7: well, I just think quarterback, wide receiver, the whole shebang. Um, Offensive line, you're just not what you were last year. And and nobody was going to produce. Look, Alex Golish might have all this mad scientist stuff going on nobody was going to produce huge numbers with joe milton as a starting quarterback in this league you're just not i mean more power to you those you that believe that and uh but it was never going to happen it just wasn't going to happen it's not going to happen and if he came back next year it wouldn't happen
13: yeah i agree with that one more thing out the door tone like i said saturday night i think PayPal needs to take a close look in the mirror on who and who he shouldn't bring back next year for assistance.
7: Thank you, brother. Yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll. Um. Here's the thing about the changes, right? With coaching staffs now, especially these teams that are looking for head coaches, that clock has been sped up now more than ever. Because you want a coach in place by the time you get to that December period where it's a transfer portal. So watching the transaction wires over the next couple of weeks is going to be really nuts. The rumor mill the next couple of weeks is going to be insane. They've put these coaches in a a spot now where they've got to jump around before really they should be jumping around. But that's the, the sports, the cl- the schedule and the clock in the sport makes no sense to me. It's almost like your season's irrelevant. Uh, I wish I understood what they're doing. I don't. Um, I don't understand the, the need to have the portal overlapping with the initials early signing period. That seems to make no sense to coincide with when we get to a 12-team playoff, preparing to play playoff games that will make no sense. But rest assured, we're all going to be monitoring who's going into the portal the next couple of weeks and then what the implications are for not only your position coaches and who stays and who goes, because kids are going to get lied to, uh, or you make changes beforehand, which you're not going to do that because these guys have been recruiting these kids the whole time. But it's all gonna create a stew unlike we've ever seen. And I don't know I don't know if anybody's gonna be able to make sense of it. There's gonna be a lot of rumors. It's gonna be a lot of innuendo. if that's your thing, hey, pull up a chair, pop some popcorn, because it's gonna get wild. I don't see any way it can't get completely crazy. <laughs> do you guys? Do you, Bino? No, I mean it's
10: it's set up to be crazy, Tony. It's it's designed to be crazy now, and you got to be crazy. Yeah, yeah
11: college football.
10: College football
11: is the only sport where if they have to change the rule, make the rules as they go along. It's idiotic. Yeah, you know, it's it's. It's nothing. There's nothing else like it. I can't think of another anything else like that.
7: If you were to try to explain college football to somebody, where would you start? Where would you start? It.
11: I just just tell them to to try to tune in and hang on the best they could.
7: And then the question becomes, well, why? Well, you see, that's where the this is the period now where the athletes can leave and they can just leave. Yeah, they can just leave. And this is the period where the coaches can just leave who have told the athletes they're going to be here. Uh, so they just leave? Yeah, they just leave. And, and then this is the period where teams are preparing to play in a playoff, but yet coaches are going to leave these staffs or they're recruiting players off other teams that are in the play. They can do that? Oh, and this is the period where we have to figure out how many guys we're going to sign at a high school, how many guys we're going to take out of junior college, how many guys we're going to take off other teams' rosters, and it all lays one on top of the other, on top of the other, on top, for no apparent reason. Can't wait till February to do that? Like, none of that makes any sense to me. But this is what we're doing. And now, if you're a Texas A&M, you better have a coach hired almost right after Thanksgiving. You better have a head coach. Or you're going to get left behind. You're going to get smoked in this league. And then Tony, well, not that, well, go, ahead, go ahead.
10: No, not that I'm, uh, stalking Adam, Andy Sparks, but, uh, I also read a little blurb in one of his items. Uh, in six years, Hoples never fired an assistant coach. Um, and you know, we 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 said I'm I'm not I'm not asking him to fire any, uh, but in in this league generally you're going to as you go along you're going to have to make adjustments to your staff not only because people leave but because they don't perform up to the level that you need them to perform. So
13: yeah,
11: you know, uh, when's the last time a coach got fired after a fifty-one to ten
7: win? Back to the phones we go. Well, that was about we don't need this guy to beat LSU. We're sick of him. We're tired of looking at him. And he looks like Mick Jagger. The,
11: the, the, losing, the losing coach was getting
7: fired. <laughs> the winning coach gets fired. He looks like Mick Jagger. Nobody's going to send Miss You to him. Maybe Dead Flowers. Back to the phones we go. But he's going to have his exile on Main Street. Let's get our next call in. Hello and welcome. Hi,
6: hey, Tony. Justin Nashville.
7: Hey, Justin and Nashville, welcome in.
6: Listen, Saturday's game was not pretty in any way, shape, or form, and I'm not trying to, you know, excuse the loss in any way, but, you know, I, I hear a lot of people talk about, well, you know, we shouldn't be losing these games and all this sort of stuff. You know, we're really not a very talented team. Uh, well, let me rephrase that. We're not overly talented. We're right there in the middle of the pack in the SEC if you look at the rankings. Um, there are 18... If you take out the defensive line, there are 18 positions between the starting offense and the back seven. Starting at Missouri, how many How many of those players do you think that we started Friday, Saturday night were four-star recruits out uh, of those 18
7: positions? Boy, that's a great question. Uh, I will just... Wildly guess seven? Five. Wow. And one was Thornton, who got hurt. Wow.
6: Kentucky has six on their offense. You know, now our defensive line is really talented. we got four stars all across there, and they played well. But, you know, I think there's this misconception that we have just, you know, just because of last year and, you know, some other things that, you know, we're supposed to be competing with these top teams, and reality is we're in the middle of the pack. Now, when you have a middle of the pack team, you need to play smarter, you need to... You know, a lot of the intangibles in the game, we really struggle with. Short down, yardage, uh, third downs. That's where we got to improve. The one encouraging thing, I think, is that our talent should be increasing in the coming years, but it's not a quick fix. The only way in this league to increase your talent is to continue to to stack recruiting classes. One class isn't going to get you there. Two isn't. You know, you, you got to just keep stacking those classes. And you know, we're we're seeing Heupel's first class that literally has two players left on it. Uh, you know, show up. It's first class. Uh, you know, full class, which is underwhelming as well. You know, And then all the players that left from the Pruitt era. I mean, we're kind of in a little bit of a bridge now between more talented, younger players and experienced players that aren't as
7: talented. So, uh, and, and, you know, to your point, the only way you're going to cover that up, the only way, is if you would have had, like, an exemplary superstar quarterback, which those guys can cover up so many sins. Or another year of Hendon Hooker, to Bino's point. Like, somebody that went out there and, had like a magic wand in their hand in that offense. But um, you, you you raise a really interesting point. And going forward, the thing that will be real, and I can't, and I don't think any of us know this yet, what does next season look like in terms of roster composition, in terms of players on the offensive line? Um, because, again, I mean, we we've said this, we were saying it, pretty much before most people have come to this conclusion. But they don't feel like there are offensive linemen that are there right now that are going to step on the field next year and play, uh, that are in the reserves. Hey, that's a tough spot to be in in this league. You can be in this league. You can say that about a few offensive line positions. You can't say that about your offensive line. That's, that's not going to work. So... Did winning in year two, do you think that it um, created undue expectations on them, the way they won last year, the the level to which they won? Because I heard on the postgame the other night, well, aren't you supposed to be better in year three? And I'm going, not necessarily. No? Yeah, that's another
6: thing. You know, this uh, some people have this idea of you're supposed to have an upward trajectory forever. Right. Uh, you know, it just doesn't work that way. I mean... You know, we're, like I said, we're a little bit of a bridge here where our talent isn't as much, but you know, they're really, you know, to go eight and four this year to me, I think is acceptable. Yeah. And, you know, the, the performances, you know, we got to be, we can be losing by 30, but still. Um, but yeah, I mean, in the coming years, you know, we should see the talent that, you know, they've evaluated, you know, perform. That's, that's really what it's going to come down to. Um, you know, if they've been a good, done a good job recruiting and evaluating talent and we'll be okay. If not, then, you know, we're going to struggle. So, um, this year to me isn't as much a concern as it is developing the younger players, um, in the coming years, mm-hmm. and making sure that those guys live up to expectations.
7: Isn't it weird that more of those young guys haven't played toward that end? If that's what this year is about.
6: Yeah. You know, and I, I do, you know,
7: Part of me wonders, too, if,
6: you know, they have a lot of seniors that are not as talented, but maybe the staff knows, hey, you know, if we can get eight and four out of this group, you know, just work on practicing and building up strength, things like that with the, with the younger guys. You know, next year's team's going to be young anyway, so, um, you know, really 2025 is the year that we're kind of building for, Um you know, we're not building for next year as much as everybody thinks we are. We're building more for 2025.
7: Boy, people don't want to hear
6: that, man. They don't, but, uh, I mean, you're just not Georgia. You're just not. You don't have five stars everywhere. No. That's know, right. You have to build it up.
7: So. That's right. And, and, George, and I appreciate your call. And Georgia had the luxury this year of having so many players that they could literally grow their quarterback on the fly, which is what they did. The, the, the Georgia team that Tennessee's is going see on Saturday and the Georgia team that took the field in the first week of the season are two completely different animals. They are a gathering storm right now. And if you don't want to acknowledge that going into Saturday, more power to you. And anything can happen Saturday. Anything can happen. It's a college football game. But the team that started out the year for Georgia and the team that's going to take the field on Saturday – that team that's going to take the field Saturday could beat this could beat the team that started the season by a couple touchdowns. They are really playing well. Vino, did you think that quarterback had it in him to play to the level he's playing at right now? Uh I did not.
10: Um, Neither did I. I. Did not. They've got McConkey back healthy, uh, who who's a really, really good player. Uh, and they're going to put Bowers back out there, I, I agree with you. I think this Georgia team is two touchdowns better than the one that we saw earlier in the year. And by the um, way,
7: yeah, and, and, and I, go ahead, Bino. No, go ahead,
10: Brian. Go ahead, no, Tony. I, just the, I, love the fact,
7: I love the fact that that Bowers kid rushed to get back. It is so interesting to see a kid that loves college football that much, who truly could have sat there. Even sat out the playoff, and nobody would have blamed him. guy's a top-ten draft pick in the draft. It's going, it's going to come at our expense, but it's, it's kind of fun to see a kid that loves college football that much.
6: It's refreshing. It's refreshing. And
11: you talk about the defense and coaches. This defense has yet to allow an opposing offense to score 30 points all year. Alabama, Missouri got over 30 thanks to their defensive score.
7: Back to the phones we go. It's, it's a weird year in the SEC because the schedule was tantalizing because you can look at it and go, well, those teams aren't any good, but the caller from Nashville is saying, and you're not either. You can pretend that you're the upper three or four team in the league, but you're really not. That's what he's saying. I didn't say it. He said it. And he was, I, citing... I,
10: thought, that, I thought it was a great call, Tony. Yeah. And just from my perspective, from my perspective alone. Um, and I, I believe Josh Hopple is the first guy that we've had here since Philip Fulmer That's worth having a little patience with. I know he makes whatever he makes. That doesn't make this go any quicker. I don't care what they pay. That no, I, doesn't I, make me smarter. That's right. doesn't make this go any
7: quicker. I, I love that somebody texted me the other night, well, you're going to cover for a guy making $10 million. Hey, listen to you fools. These guys are all overpaid. And just because you pay somebody extra money doesn't mean you're going to win games. It's always been about the players. Y- you know who the two hardest working people in recruiting are? The guy at Georgia and the guy in Alabama. You know why? Because they know a long time ago that it has nothing to do with them. It has everything to do with, hey, we at Georgia were able to introduce this quarterback to college football. And we had such a great roster that we could basically hide him and grow him to, to the now, to the point where at the end of the year, we're getting ready to smash some people. And unfortunately for us, I'm afraid we're going to be in the path of that storm. I hope I'm wrong, but that's how it feels on this Monday. We'll come back and get some more calls in, and we'll do some TLD logistics Overdrive drive over time as well as uh, we fight the virus and fight the power and continue after this.
4: This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia
5: If you're coping with a chronic condition or injury, your physician may recommend surgery to relieve pain, increase mobility, or improve your overall health. At Murray Regional Health, physicians on our medical staff perform surgical procedures in an array of specialty areas with the most advanced technology available. When you need surgery, count on our experienced surgical team to deliver exceptional care close to home. For more information, go to murrayregional.com surgery. Murray Regional Health, where clinical excellence meets compassionate care.
12: I have got my favorite grocer on the line, Mr. Miles Johnson. Miles, how's everybody doing at Foodland today?
5: Oh, we're all
13: doing great. How about yourself,
12: Man, I'm doing fantastic. It's always fun talking to you. You guys always have some amazing deals over there. So uh, what kind of specials are we talking about this week?
13: Well, this week, we have two different ads going on. We have the normal Wednesday to Tuesday ad, which includes assorted pork chops, seventy nine a pound, New York strip steaks, four ninety nine a pound, five-pound bag russet potatoes, $1.99 each, Domino sugar, two for seven, and Coca-Cola six-packs, three for 12.
12: Wow, some great deals right there. People need to come in and check them out. And as always, you're open seven days a week, 7 a.m. till 9 p.m., located right there on West 7th, right near the post office. Well, Miles, thank you, as always. It's a pleasure to talking to you you folks uh, over there at foodland have a great day and uh, we'll talk to you uh, next week
13: all righty thank you
12: thank you miles again that was miles johnson from foodland go check them out for some of those great great savings
9: this
2: is clayton harris and you're listening to 101.7 wkom columbia
7: be as me and we will do As our radio show uh, leaves the airways, we will do a TLD logistics overdrive overtime. I want to remind you, our blog over at uh, tclub.team, we've got it covered. Tomorrow, Mark Griffin will preview uh, his Griffin's three-pointers, the team that's in town, uh, uh, the Wofford Terriers, tomorrow evening. Uh, So we also uh, will have some other... Uh, news notes and snuggets. I got some inside stuff on the hoops team as well, but some stuff on the around the football situation. Um, it's going to be a really interesting finish to the year here for this Tennessee team. Orange throat today has got a great report up there. Matt Dixon will be uh, dropping some can knowledge in the spot as well, and then we'll preview the Georgia Bulldogs as we go. I think it's going to be a really really hard game for Tennessee. Uh, I mean, is it winnable? Sure, it's winnable. I don't know how winnable it is. It's winnable. I don't expect. I don't expect to be in the game, let alone win it. But hey, crazier things have happened. Team comes into your building, puts the ball on the ground a few times. You play above your head. The emotion of the moment. Who knows? Stranger things have happened. We saw some fireworks last year out of this bunch. Best win so far of the year was at home with Texas A&M. Damn. Do I think Georgia will play the part of Texas A&M? And we'll do the job? I I don't think Jimbo Fisher...
14: This is Jack Cobb with
10: Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee.
18: Ho, 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 ho. Hello, everyone. It's Santa here. Christmas is a magical time. From the songs that we sing to the cookies that we'll eat, it's a time of celebration. So why don't you come and let's start the season with singing and cookies with me, Santa and Mrs. Claus at Once Upon a Christmas at Christchurch Columbia at 707 Lion Parkway. That's November 17th and 18th, starting at 6 p.m. You can have your picture taken with us, Mrs. Claus and I, and we'll eat a cookie too, as well as learn the history of St. Nicholas. So come out and enjoy an evening of fun and help support Crossroads to Home and Combat Vets Motorcycle Association. That's Once Upon a Christmas at Christchurch Columbia at 707 Lion Parkway here in Columbia. You can call 931-540-0898 for information. That's 931 931- Built to win. Touchdown Alabama. Built for championships.
3: Throws
12: intercepted
3: Alabama. Built by Bama.
12: Alabama is still
3: Alabama. The Crimson Tide play here. Join us Saturday as the Crimson Tide take on the Chattanooga Mocs. Our coverage begins at 8 a.m. On your home for Alabama football,
4: the Crimson Tide Sports Network from Learfield. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia.